0: Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show that is so bad we got turned down by Miley Cyrus to do a segment on nose hair braiding. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe-smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, uh, coming to you on the road. Yeah, in a secluded location on the road for this uh, short work week of Thanksgiving here in the United States. Uh, Tonight in Pipe Parts, going to continue in on some of the uh, Christmas stuff. My guest tonight is Brandon Brooks, a pipe maker and another musician. And then we'll have uh, music for uh, a little bit of a holiday-themed music, mailbag, and uh, special rant at the end of the show. All that coming up in tonight's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Alright, I uh, update on the cold. I am feeling almost 100% back to myself. Yes, I'm sitting here smoking my pipe as we... Uh, as we talk, and uh, the tobacco tastes good again, so I'm happy about that. Uh, as you can tell, my nose is almost all cleared up. Almost. Almost. And um, you know what? We got the first blast of cold weather. So that first blast of cold weather, you know what that means to me? It's time for me to put away the um, the Virginia tobaccos, the the straight Virginias that I like to smoke in the morning time during the warm weather, the humidity, and now it's time to, uh, you yeah, know, pretty much just switch to almost, uh, straight, uh, Virginia Pariks and, know yeah, moderate my blends. Uh, so that's just a friendly reminder that, uh, yeah, hey, as, uh, as the weather turns, so may your taste buds, and, uh, you may want to take a look at what you're smoking and see about, uh, beefing it up. Um, winter time to me is also a uh, nicer time to, uh, to go and hang out at a uh, local smoke shop and smoke a cigar doesn't quite get me as um I don't know doesn't cigars don't hit me quite as heavy during the winter time um I do have to remind myself though still have to keep hydrated even though it's cold outside and I'd like to drink hot coffee all day no still got to stay hydrated all right uh, there's your uh, your your smoke related weather update for you uh, hope everybody has uh, some safe travels this weekend In uh, just a minute, we'll have uh, Pipe Parts and then Brandon Brooks, so everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and thank you to the McBaron Tobacco Company. Here we go.
1: Italians have always been known for their aesthetic passion. It's their birthright, their legacy. And just like Savinelli, it continues to grow and evolve. It is ever-changing. Milan, 1876. Achilles Savinelli set out to change the way the world viewed smoking pipes, opening one of the world's first specialist tobacco shops. From one small storefront to a factory that delivered handmade pipes all over the world, the legacy he forged became one filled with success and prestige. Achilles' dream is carried on today by his family, who continues the Savinelli legacy. Each year, Savinelli debuts a series of new, forward-thinking designs, comprised of quality-crafted pipes shaped from some of the best briar in the world. Behind every beautiful object, there's a story. Start your own chapter. Visit your local tobacconist or premium online dealer today.
0: Welcome back. All right. Uh, you know, it wouldn't be the uh, Thanksgiving episode without our uh, favorite friend chirping in. All right. There you go. Uh, had to had to squeeze in at least one time this show, maybe one more. Never know. All right. Hope you're enjoying the uh, the idea of a of a slightly different variation of a holiday gift guide. Uh, but one thing that I wanted to focus on for this episode is uh, pipe pouches or pipe bags or uh, stuff that we can tote our pipes around in because remember it's important that we as pipe smokers get out and uh, be seen and uh, you know smoke out in public where we can uh, get a chance to uh, sit on a comfortable bench somewhere and smoke or if there's a a restaurant that has an outdoor smoking area it's important that we're able to do that and of course we all need our uh, lighters and tampers and uh, you know, all of our pipe tools and something to carry tobacco in. And we need something to protect those pipes while they are in transit or uh, traveling to where we might be smoking. So a pipe case is a, uh, it's a personal kind of a gift because it's similar to, to a wallet. We've all got our favorite things in it. We've all got our favorite ideas. If you are giving a gift of a pipe bag to somebody... Take a look and see how the bag holds the pipe. Uh, for example, I've got a couple of pipe bags that just have simple small loops in the middle of them, and you slide the stem in there, uh, and it and it holds onto the pipe in there. Well, that works as long as it's a fairly traditional pipe. If it's a non-traditional shape, you know, say with like a flared shank or a wider shank, um, or maybe a real squat compact pipe uh those won't work so you need something that's just a a bigger open space yeah so know know the person that you're buying the pipe bag for know what kind of pipes they smoke and try to eyeball it make sure that that'll fit uh pipe bags range in prices from the very economical that are made out of either a vinyl or a cloth material and run all the way up into the finest of handmade leathers and hand-stitched stuff and that's just a difference in quality and or uh, pricing. Uh, What you want to also do is make sure that if, uh, like in my case when I'm traveling on the road like this, I make sure that I take at least six pipes with me because I'm about five pipes a day and I want to have an extra one. So I need a pipe bag that's you know, big enough to hold enough pipes for one day. Uh, I need a pipe bag that is big enough to hold pipe cleaners and maybe two different kinds of tobaccos in either the cans or the pouches. And I need a uh, I need a pipe uh, I need a pipe bag that's big enough to carry you know a backup tamper and maybe a backup lighter. So in my case, on a on a trip like this, I'm going to carry a full size shoulder bag. I like the, the two big bags that I have have shoulder straps on them so that I can hang them on my shoulder or they, you know, hold them in my hand. Um, one of the other things that you may want to look at doing is uh, for somebody who smokes a, uh, a bulk or a custom blended tobacco is look into a really nice leather tobacco pouch. I like to get the tobacco pouches separate from the cases I don't. I'm not a particular fan of the uh, pipe cases that hold that have a spot for tobacco in them, uh, because I think that kind of limits your selection. And again, even when I go out for an evening or something like that, I may just have one or two pipes with me. So I've got a smaller two or three pipe. Uh, I think it's a three pipe case that I carry. That's got two pipes and a room for a pouch of tobacco. Or I'll just even preload the pipes with tobacco and uh, put them in there, and away I go. But again, you want to make sure that it's that the pipe bag holds the amount of pipes that the person wants, holds the style of pipe that the person that you're giving it to wants, and is going to give a little bit of a little bit of protection and can also hold all the accessories. Uh, sometimes I've seen uh, I've seen some people modify. Uh, even uh, uh, gun cases, small uh, plastic pistol cases that are meant to hold one or two guns. They've modified those into pipe carrying cases, and those work well. So a pipe bag doesn't have to be specifically made for pipes, but the ones that are specifically made for pipes, if you find the one that's the right fit, the right style, right color, right price, it's uh, it's a perfect gift, and it's one that every pipe smoker can use at least... A couple of and depending on the size hey you know if a guy's going away for a long weekend i've got one bag that holds uh seven pipes i can get uh three or four tins of tobacco in there about a pack or two of pipe cleaners in there my even my little bottle of everclear in there a backup tamper a backup lighter and i'm good to go for uh for a week out of that bag so just depends on what you want and then of course color and uh you know color matters but most of them are in black all right if you've got any other uh, christmas ideas christmas suggestions for gifts please let me know email me brian at pipesmagazine.com and i'll make sure and mention them on uh, next week's show in just a minute brandon brooks will be on the phone with me this is internet radio
2: Heck. I wish I had a genie who could make it easy to order pipes and tobaccos online. You don't need a genie, sir. Visit fournoggins.com. They stock all your favorite pipes and tobaccos, and every order gets fast personal attention. Orders are packed carefully and shipped quickly by priority mail. Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com. I can still see you, you know. A bit rusty, sir. Fournoggins.com.
0: Welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show and joining us on the phone is a uh, pipe maker Brandon Brooks and uh, Brandon uh you know you're you're not exactly a young guy but you're uh you've got a young style and a young attitude and I'm looking forward to hearing about your story and everything so welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show.
3: Thank you very much looking forward to it.
0: All right, so let's get to know you. Where did you, uh, you grow up, and uh, where are you from, and all that fun stuff?
3: Sure. I am from uh, and grew up in Aiken, South Carolina, which is about 20, 30 minutes from Augusta, Georgia. Um, nice area. Horse country, actually. Uh, didn't realize how much of a horse country it really was until I moved up to Kentucky. And, uh, <laughs> I went to the University of Kentucky. Uh, moved away for several years and and now back in Georgetown, just outside of Lexington. I've been here back about eleven years or so, I guess now.
0: All right, so uh, uh, so what drew you to uh, Kentucky? And I live in North Carolina, so we will not talk college basketball.
3: Yeah, let's let's not go there. That's that's a that's a big one. You probably have the big um, the D word that you're thinking of.
0: Yeah, yeah, and the, yeah. The, the
3: lot. famous play in basketball. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we, we won't go there today.
0: So. Yeah, a lot of blue around we'll, here. We'll
3: keep it light. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wound up going to the University of Kentucky uh, as a music major, and I looked at several schools and got out, asked to come audition at UK, and absolutely fell in love with the school and the instructor here. So I stayed. I was here about five years, moved away, and eventually moved back. It's a beautiful area.
0: All right, so were you a uh, marching band geek in high school?
3: Oh, yes. Marching band, concert band. uh, (laughs) I did choir and theater. I was not the athletic type. I appreciate it, but I knew where my strengths were. So, But yes, definitely. And I did marching band in college, concert band, orchestra, all that kind of stuff.
0: Well, as the father of a band geek... I'm uh, I'm proud of you, son.
3: <laughs> Thank you. Right, so I have two boys that are band geeks and in the arts as well, so.
0: Uh so you get that turnabout soon of the uh all the weekend band competitions and uh helping out.
3: Well, that is pretty much done. Uh the school where I teach is a little different. We don't do the competition side of things. Uh, we're more concerts uh, focus. We do marching band, but we do, do the competition. And I've done that route before. I actually taught in Texas for a couple of years, right out of college. And that's definitely, you know, full tilt on marching band competition.
0: Yeah, fr- Friday night football and band and then Saturday band competitions. And uh, that's the entire fall.
3: Pretty much, yeah. That's all you do. So,
0: <laughs> So what was your... What part of music was your major?
3: I was a percussion major. Um, played everything from orchestral stuff to drum set and anything I'd, you know, somebody let me play, basically.
0: Uh, was there, a, is there a style of music that you particularly like?
3: I really have a ridiculous amount of, a little bit of everything in my collection, so i Constantly listening to a wide variety of styles. I am a diehard progressive rock fan, old school stuff, like old Genesis, old Yes, King Crimson, that kind of stuff. But also Frank Zappa is still, to this day, one of my favorites. That was a great loss to the music world.
0: So, like I said, you're... You're you're not as young as you uh, as you look or sound, but or uh, uh, well, let me try that again. Um, you've got an old soul and a young-looking body.
3: Thank you. I'll take both of those.
0: There you go. I probably said the second one better. Um, when did uh, pipe smoking come into your life?
3: I'm trying to think when I started smoking pipe. Probably twelve. 12 to 14 years ago, somewhere in that range, um, and I just decided to pick one up one day. I was back home in South Carolina for an event and went in a pipe store in my hometown. My grandfather smoked a pipe, as with many people. That's how we get started. Hey, my grandfather smoked one. I'm going to try it, too. So that's that's basically it. I bought a bas- cheap basket pipe and basically what was Lane one queue like most of us, and started out that way.
0: Had you smoked anything else prior to that, or was this just "I'm going to do it"?
3: Uh, cigars. Um, never did cigarettes, but uh, cigars. I, I love. Still, to this day, love good cigars. But saw the pipe, and I had gotten one of my grandfather's old pipes, the only one we could still find, and uh, thought I'd give it a shot. See if I liked it, and I did. Never looked back.
0: Who taught you how to load and pack a pipe?
3: Oh, that was terrible at first, <laughs> but then I <laughs> then I found my local pipe shop uh, here in Lexington, which is Schwab's Pipes and Stuff. Yeah, and they taught me a good bit. And he's that shop's been around about 39 years. So good guys.
0: So that's where that—that's when you started figuring this thing out, and then uh, decided that you know I kind of like this.
3: Yeah, uh, I, I did, and had good advice from those guys and, and coaching, and kind of what to get. My first, you know, good pipe I purchased was the Savinelli, and I've been a fan of those ever since.
0: How how'd your uh... Uh, how did your uh, tobacco discovery path go? Did you stick with aromatics for a while?
3: I, I got some tobacco early on, mostly aromatics, you know, and I got some early on that was a sort of English blend um, and wasn't sure about it. Didn't really know what I had. I was like, yeah, this is really earthy. I don't know. But eventually decided I was going to get a pipe and dedicate it to an English and fell in love with them after that because it started with a clean slate but i also had moved from aromatics to more well, like straight virginia's virginia burley burley sorry i can't talk virginia burley blends perique um one of my favorites is uh, stoke would be luxury twist flake um, that's a great one and then um the Bullseye as well those are some of the first Non aromatics uh, that I fell in love with.
0: So living in Kentucky, can you just you know like walk outside and pull some burley up out of the ground?
3: Pretty much, yeah. I drive on the road coming into my neighborhood, and there's burley plants right there. I don't oh. think my neighbor would appreciate that very much because I know him.
0: So, <laughs> well, just you know, just don't tell him.
3: Yeah, I could probably get away with a couple plants. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, so so when did pipe making or the idea start for you?
3: It was probably about three years after I'd started smoking the pipe because I've been making them nine to ten years, somewhere in there now. Um, and I'm one of those guys that I like to say, I like to know how things tick. I take them apart and look at it and think, you know, I bet I could make one of those and I made a really crappy pipe from a kit and didn't look back from that either.
0: Uh, so you went online, ordered the kit, and then destroyed the piece of wood and and enjoyed it?
3: Yes, actually, uh, I did. I got a Pimo, uh, kit from Pimo, and um, made a really ugly, try-to-be-artsy kind of shape, did several of those, and then heard enough people say, Yeah, but can you make classics and yeah, but can you make a billiard that I finally went? you know I need to step back and do this
0: all right so how does how does one do that? you want to you, you need to start working on the classics, start figuring things out, so where did you go?
3: Lots of looking at pictures going into the pipe shop, picking them up, see what they feel like, and then Uh, one of the first, or two of the first pipe makers I contacted, um, because I've been going on Pipe Makers forums. so if anybody's looking at starting out, really, it's a great place to start for some of your basic knowledge. Um, the archives are the best place to go. Uh, just look through those. You can pretty much find anything you're looking for there. But I contacted Todd Johnson and Bruce Weaver in Nashville, because I used to live there. I'd moved away, but, um realized where they were in nashville and gave them a call one day and asked if i could come observe and learn some things and they were both gracious enough to basically let me spend a day with each of them and that really got me on the kick of all right let's start digging in on this
0: <laughs> let's see what this is all about here and try to try to figure it out
3: it's a puzzle <laughs> one, one thing at a time
0: uh what was the what was the hardest part of pipe making for you at the beginning?
3: Symmetry. Really really making sure that the symmetry is there. For example, one of the mantras of a lot of pipe makers basically is yeah, but can you make a billiard? So I pretty much spent about 6 months trying to make nothing but billiards. I didn't get a whole lot made, but that's what I focused on.
0: And, and all this time, you're also working and raising a family too.
3: Yes, and driving people crazy, playing drums and teaching <laughs> drums, and
0: <laughs> um, was there was there kind of like an aha moment for you in the uh, in the pipe making path?
3: Yes, I went through several life changes about three or four years ago and needed to focus on something and I made it pipes. Um, so I really started to hone in on details that I could see, uh, at the time trying to take it to the next level. And then I was fortunate enough to talk to some other pipe makers, get advice, um, and then eventual association with Briar Lab, which uh, studying with a couple of those guys has really opened my eyes.
0: Yeah, and and you're not right around the corner from them, so getting to Indianapolis for a couple of days to work is uh, not real easy.
3: No, it's about three hours away, um, but I stay in contact with those guys. Uh, I try to go up there several times a year. I'd love to get up there more. But you know, I have to look at you know, I'm driving. That means I'm not making pipes, okay. But I got to go up there because that's really going to improve my skills. So, getting up there and is the challenge, but being there is the beauty of of working with those guys.
0: We're going to take a break right here, and we come back. We'll talk about uh, drums, briar, other stuff. I'm sure we might talk about bourbon too. So. Stay with us, we'll be back in just a minute.
2: <laughs> the Carolinas and the tobacco tradition have been woven together generation after generation. From the Blue Ridge Mountains to the coastal low country, it's an integral part of our culture and heritage, building our beautiful tapestry. Cornell and Deal is proud to blend our pipe tobaccos in the Carolinas. Our history with tobacco dates back to the mid 1800s, and in that time we've perfected a variety of blends. The Carolinas have given us the perfect backdrop to do just that. Whether you're a fan of the rich Virginias, bold Latakias, spicy Periques, or unique aromatics, we've got a tobacco that's just right for your discerning taste buds. At Cornell and Deal, We live all things pipe tobacco. Blending it, smoking it, and enjoying the company of those who share our excitement. Tobacco, it's what we do. Stop by CornellAndDeal.com
0: We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with Brandon Brooks, and uh, now I'm going to have a shot of bourbon after the show, I promise you. Um, because I know exactly where you live and you're not too far from some really good distilleries. And Anyway, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. But is there a, is there a part of the pipe-making process that you absolutely don't look forward to? You know, it
3: used to be stems, but now I've learned to kind of embrace that because that's really what I've wanted to fa- focus on the past, six months to a year to improve that. I would say now it's just looking at briar and figuring out what I want to make next. Um, Because I look at the briar and see the grain, I go, well, I could do this, or I could do this one, or I could do this, and sometimes it's easier when I have a commission and somebody says, I want this shape because i don't have to think about it. I just gotta find the right block for it. So, looking at a block and thinking, hmm, that could be any number of things. That's, that's
0: the challenge. All right, so let's state this. I I've saw your pipes recently at the West Coast Pipe Show. There's plenty of them online to look at. Uh, your style is kind of like an Americanized version of the classic slash Danish influence, if that sounds about right. Um,
3: it's somewhere in there.
0: yeah but yet at the west coast pipe show i saw this big monstrous green looking thing um and i don't even know what you called it but it was perfect for halloween
3: it was a dragon claw uh that was a commission the guy wanted like a, a celtic dragon claw um initially it started out as he wanted a claw pipe because I'd done one years ago. Um, And he saw it and was like, I really want something like that. So started looking at it and said, okay, well, you want Celtic, why don't we go with a dragon instead of an eagle claw? And dove in on that and just had some fun with it using some techniques I use on some of my other pipes.
0: I mean, it literally looks like the claw is a separate piece of wood that is holding a bowl in it uh, yet it's all one piece.
3: Yes, it's all one piece of briar.
0: Yeah, and and, and it was really really cool. So I'm, i oh, thank I'm, you. I'm glad I'm glad it was a commission because that probably saved me from drooling on it. Um,
3: <laughs> well, as a pipe maker, I always like to say too, and having worked in sales for twenty years, I can always make more. I have no problem with that
0: that's why I sell tobacco because I don't even have to make it I just say we can make more (laughs) Uh, you you mentioned you were in Nashville what were you doing down there?
3: I worked for several different music instrument companies uh, a mallet company um, innovative percussion I worked for those guys for about three years and still have a good relationship with those guys and I worked for Mapex Drums for about five years, and also played in several bands uh, and things while I was there, and taught a little
0: bit. Uh, any bands we might know of, or was it just local? Oh, heavens no. <laughs> just local stuff. <laughs> see, see, that... Would I be
3: making pipes? I'm not Jody Davis, I don't get to go out on tour with Newsboys, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. well, even, <laughs> jo- even Jody would rather be at home making pipes sometimes, but... Uh... <laughs> The grass is always greener, except in the uh, bluegrass state, where it's always bluer. Always bluer. Yeah, and then I also saw on your on your website that you were you were making drums for a while.
3: Yes, that started out much the same as pipes. I wanted to know how things tick. Just started taking drums apart and really dissecting what does what. And I was working for Mapex at the time. And I was doing some repairs and I was sort of the parts guru at the time and started just monkeying around with shells that were broken or scratched and cutting my own bearing edges. And then wound up figuring out how to install or drill for hardware and cut my own bearing edges on a router, that sort of thing.
0: What, all right, I'm going to play ignorant idiot here, but I'm assuming that there are better drums than others. Uh, What makes a drum better than others?
3: Quality of the shell. It's got to have a good bearing edge on it. Um, Finishes. It's not very different from pipes. It really isn't, because I've carried a lot of that mentality from that and then jobs that I've had after that over to. working with pipes, um, but it's with anything, you you get what you pay for, so obviously higher quality drums, you get better materials, um, better hardware on the drums, better quality metals that are put into the hardware, in other words, So a lot of different factors.
0: So it's like what the uh, what the non pipe smoking people think when I say yeah, a good pipe starts out around you know two hundred two hundred and fifty dollars, and
1: they're like, what?
3: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I had that experience. Too. I sold clothing for about eight years, custom clothing, and it's one of those things you have to coach guys. You get what you pay for.
0: Yeah, tell them you get a suit or something that actually lasts more than like two seasons. Exactly. And. I, you know, I'm I'm a big proponent of quality clothing because it saves me a ton of time when it comes to like dry cleaning and ironing and all that garbage. Uh, but don't know anything about drums.
3: Well, it's wood like a pipe, and you bang on it with another piece of wood. So, and it's Neanderthalish, but it's fun. So I did that for a long time.
0: Now, when you bang on it, you're supposed to bang on it in some sort of pattern that recreates like a consistent rhythm and not just randomness.
3: Well, I've played plenty of pieces that were pretty random too, so.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but yes. <laughs> um,
3: it's funny because there's a couple of us in the pipe world that are drummers and pipe makers, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, pipe making and musicians seem to go together for some reason, where you could get a whole band of pipe makers and probably have 30 We've pieces. we talked about
3: it at the West Coast Pipe Show. There's several of us that want to play together before too long.
0: <laughs> well, well you ought to, everybody bring your instruments to the Chicago Pipe Show, and on that Thursday night, just park your instruments in the smoking tent, and we'll all sit there and either enjoy it or leave.
3: You know, that sounds like a blast. We, should, we really should do that in Chicago.
0: There you go. We'll just have a musician sit in and uh and smoke in. Uh let, let's go back to pipe making for a second. Your your pipes uh are you still doing the stem stamp on them?
3: Um yes, with the uh the B squared logo on it. Yeah. Yes, I do that on some of them, not all of them. Some some uh, that some of that's changing, but some of the finishes that I'm kind of known for I do it on those.
0: Because right, that's like really old school to have a traditional, classic stem stamp.
3: I like the look of it. I, I think you know when I see something like, obviously, you know a Dunhill when you see it, and some of the Savinellas, you know when you see them. I just I, I like that identity. That's kind of old school.
0: And I happen to like the B on there too, but that's only because of my first name. Not both of my names. Uh, I've wanted to sue Bud Light for using my initials on all their bottle caps, but uh, I figured that was probably fruitless.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I don't think you're going to win that one.
0: Yeah. Uh, in, In amongst everything that you're doing, about how many pipes a year do you think you're able to make?
3: Last year was a banner year because I did a lot of collaborations too. So between... In just my pipes, I made about eighty-three last year, plus collaborations on top of that. This year, I'll probably make about sixty or so.
0: And where do your prices start out? Two eighty-five. So that's a fully handmade pipe, probably a sandblast for two eighty-five.
3: Yes, uh, hand-cut stem, sandblast.
0: All right, and now the best part is, where can we go to buy them?
3: Well, you can go to briarlab.com, because I have several in there, and then I'm also in uh, tobaccopipecollectors.com, tobaccopipes.com, americapipemakers.com, pipehub, brand new, with them, .com, and then if you're local in Lexington, you go to Schwab's Pipes and stuff. So I you- think I got everybody.
0: So, so you're doing a lot of uh, traditional wholesale business. In addition to that, I'm sure that if somebody reached out to you, like the Eagle Claw with the uh, the or the Dragon Claw, they could talk to you directly too.
3: Yeah, I work mostly. Uh, what I do is commission, and have been able to kind of change production this past year where I can get more stuff to retailers as well. But I enjoy working commissions because as with some of the stuff we've done in the past, where we're basically treated as custom, discuss with the person kind of what they're looking for and kind of hone in the details and say, okay, this would work better, let's try this. And that part's fun for me, because you're working directly with somebody and helping them get something very different, very special, exactly what they want.
0: See, I think pipe makers either love or hate commissions. It's like there's no gray area. It's either they love or hate them.
3: I actually love it because I love the creative process and helping somebody realize, oh, this is what I was really thinking. I just couldn't describe it. And for some of those guys too who do a commission, I'll also put together what I call a little baby book of the whole progress of their pipe being made.
0: Oh, cool! So I can get a picture of it as a block, and then as a stummel, and then as a piece of, of chunks on the floor, and all that.
3: Absolutely. Yep. I, I have, it's a little hardcover book, start to finish has the history of your pipe and it's just a pictorial history all the way through final glamour shots.
0: Now that's fun. Um, has, has there ever been a commission that somebody wanted you to do that? You're like, no, you're crazy. I can't even come close to that or don't even want to try.
3: I've tried not to say no to any of them because I like the challenge. Um, there was one that a guy wanted me to do basically like a sci-fi horror kind of theme pipe and he had an idea and I said, oddly enough, I did a sketch for something about that about a year ago and been hanging on to it. So we went and ran with that and it wasn't, there was a lot of technical difficulties with that. And the one that I didn't really want to do was somebody wanted me to do a 55, um, and it's <laughs> one an existing client. I I told him, I said, You know that's like my least favorite shape and he said, Yes, I know, that's why I want you to make one. <laughs> so I did it and actually enjoyed making it. So.
0: <laughs> so here's the here, I want you to do something you hate. But I'm gonna pay yeah, you. Yeah,
3: pretty much that's what it was. He knew he he knew I hated making the shape. He said, No, I want you to make those I was like Okay.
0: <laughs> um that's you also deal in uh you, you deal with some colors and different stains and different stuff like that. Is it uh, is it complicated working with the different colors?
3: It can be because certain things have to be done in a certain order and it's taken a lot of experimentation and it's a lot of different techniques. Um but I like that part of it and I draw on my clothing sales uh time frame for that matching up colors contrasting colors what works well with another color also from the music instrument industry um some of the things that i do like there's a few that i've done that are basically like a gibson guitar sunburst kind of finish
0: yeah i thought all guitars were sunburst colored at one point yeah All right. we will uh wrap this up with the fast five final questions no right answer no wrong answer just whatever comes to your mind are you ready
3: oh yeah i
0: guess so all right what is your favorite pipe
3: my favorite pipe is usually the newest one i have
0: <laughs> the, the last one <laughs> is that out a cop the out? <laughs> yeah no it's a there's no wrong answer so it doesn't matter uh what is your favorite tobacco
3: Dope would be English Oriental Supreme.
0: And what is your favorite drink?
3: A big, tall glass of water with lime. I know that's cheesy, but that just hits it.
0: This will be a stupid question to ask you, but when it comes time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music?
3: That's a mood thing. Lately, it's been movies, though. But it just depends on what mood I'm in.
0: I'm going to throw in one question for you because uh, you'll know the answer to it, but there was this other singer in Genesis before Phil Collins. You remember his name?
3: Peter Gabriel.
0: Yeah. Uh, Anyway, last question. Any particularly favorite pipe-smoking-related memory?
3: I would say two, both related. uh, The open house events we've had at Prior Lab because it's pipe makers and pipe enthusiasts who are there and it's just a good time with usually barbecue some type that's been cooked over uh, briar (laughs) smoked over briar Uh, it's just a good hang you know that's just everybody having a good time
0: Everybody sitting back relaxing smoking um anyway Alright, to see that uh, that Dragon's Claw, if you go on to uh, Brandon Brooks Pipes on Facebook, that's where I saw just saw a picture of it, and I'm sure it'll still be there for a while. Uh, you can reach Brandon on Facebook. Uh, your website, don't really go there too much, because it's kind of out of date.
3: I just don't update it. <laughs> but you can get the other stuff through that. <laughs> it's BrandonBrooksPipes.com.
0: And there's some uh, there's some good good looking pictures of pipes on there that you can look at from a couple of years ago. So, Brandon, thank you very much for joining us.
3: Absolutely, thank you.
0: And we'll be back in just a
5: minute. Signore, signore, scusi per favore, but what is that intoxicating and delicious aroma coming from your pipe?
2: Oh, uh, this is Molto Dolce, my all-time favorite blend from Sutliff Tobacco. Do you like it? I found it on SutliffMoltoDolce.com.
5: Do you mind if I try? Oh, Signore, this truly is Molto Dolce. So charming that you even speak my language, as it is truly very sweet. (laughs) Just like you, I am sure. I can just taste the warm caramel and sweet dripping honey gushing through my mouth. Oh, and even better, the rich vanilla flavor plays so well with the other tastes over my tongue. It is like they are all having a giant, playful pillow fight on smooth and silky sheets of tobacco in my mouth. Pure heaven! Mi piace moltissimo, mio amore. Can't you see it, signore?
2: I can see it. I can see it.
5: And, signore, best of all, no tongue bite. Grazie un milione for the pipe, signore.
2: (laughs) Hey! sight Tobacco Company will not be held responsible for any loss of one's favorite pipe customers may experience when smoking our delicious baltodochi Dolce blend in public.
1: This is Internet Radio.
0: Welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show. And, uh, you know, do check out Brandon's Pipes. And you know what? I'm really going to start pushing the, uh, the Chicago Pipe Show about doing a, uh, a pipe makers or a pipe smokers jam session maybe on the thursday night before the show out in the smoking tent i mean we got drummers guitar players we got a whole bunch of talented musicians keyboardists the vibes player that we had on a couple years ago i mean just a ton of really talented people uh and it'd be great to see them jam uh and if you want a uh, christmas present for yourself check out brandon's website all right um talking about musicians so uh my dad's a uh uh, my dad's a retired college professor by trade a uh old hippie by hobby and a musician um and he was telling me about a musician named charles ives who was a uh, classical composer 1850s to the 1920s or 30s i believe and um his music was kind of uh forward thinking for that time so uh uh, he full time sold insurance and uh, investments, and had a, a fairly successful business. But part time composed music, and uh, how did he get it played? <laughs> he uh, paid the uh, he, he paid the orchestras to play his music for him, so he got to hear it played. Uh, his name is Charles Ives, and uh, guess what else? He uh, smoked a pipe. Um, this piece that you're going to hear tonight is his uh variation on america which i thought was uh quite perfect for uh thanksgiving holiday so here is uh, charles ives <laughs> time i play classical music i want to do my npr voice that was variations on america by charles ives performed by the president's own um it actually was performed by the president's own which is a detachment of the uh, u.s marine corps and the ones that you'll hear playing for the president that's all they do practice 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 uh speaking of music for the holidays in the past, we've always played holiday-related music, and that will start next week. If you have anything that you would like to hear, please send me your suggestion. Uh, nothing's, off, uh, noth- nothing's out of bounds. Just let me know what, uh, what you'd like to hear for holiday music for the next four weeks or so. Congratulations, Skippy. You've got mail. In the mailbag, only a couple of things. Uh, Dino writes, yo, listeners, where the hell are (laughs) y'all? How can you not comment on this very enjoyable show, a sparkling conversation with Eric, tasty blues from Igor, and a timely spot-on rant from Brian? Oh, and after you subscribe to Pipes and Tobaccos, don't forget, also subscribe to the NASPC's The Pipe Collector. Come on, people, don't be complacent. Take a moment from your forum surfing to leave some comments for good old Brian. Thanks, Dino. Yeah, uh, thanks, Dino. Um, I do realize that uh, podcasting is, uh, or listening to it as a podcast is a kind of a passive thing. I don't mind it. It uh, does make it more fun for me if you guys chime in, comment. uh, You know, you've got to have an opinion on something that was said on the show because... As I've always said, if you get two pipe smokers in one conversation, you get seven different opinions. Um, I will second uh, what Dino said about uh, Pipes and Tobacco's magazine. If you're not subscribing to the print version or the electronic version, you are missing out on four great publications a year. And same thing with the NASPC Pipe Collector. If you're not uh, subscribing to that, you're missing out on six great publications each year. Um, and, they're, and again, they're publications that do a wonderful job of promoting our hobby, uh, promoting what we love to talk about, and what we love to do. You really should do that. Uh, a subscription or a membership will also be a great way to, uh, uh, it'll be a great uh, stocking stuffer thing. Uh, Steve Davenport writes, uh, also, uh, Barnes & Noble just got my business over books a million. Not only did they have three cigar mags, two of the three were front and center uh, on the middle row. The third cigar snob was in the back row of the bottom row. Maybe because of the somewhat scantily clad woman on a few of the pages. Not quite prime placement, but not behind the porn. Check it out. All right, so there's a uh, vote for Barnes & Noble. Um, I will say that uh, Midgets with Feathers is uh, quite an interesting publication. No, I've never seen that. Um, Also, talking about podcasts, if you want to spend some time uh, dancing around a couple of other genres, uh, Wedway, W-E-D-W-A-Y, Wedway Radio, is a uh, great Disney history-related podcast. And the ones you want to look for are the ones that are titled Wedway Radio, and then the current season that they're doing is Season 8. I believe they have four episodes out. These guys are doing real class um, research and discussion on the history of all different aspects of the Disney company. Go back in their archives, listen to some of the old ones. It's a great podcast. Uh, The other one that I want to point out to you is if you're a fan of the TV show The West Wing, there is a podcast called The West Wing Weekly that is hosted by a uh, fan of the show as well as one of the actors that came onto the show in season four. And again, they had some great guests involved and just a great insight to one of my uh, favorite TV shows of the past, um, they are about uh, 25 or 30 shows into it, and they'll do one show each week reviewing it. So look for the West Wing Weekly Podcast or Wedway Radio Podcast. Um, completely not pipe-related at all whatsoever. Uh, free time? Hey, take a look. Follow me on Facebook. And while you're there, you can uh, poke around and look at my Disney tobacciana Collection. Which uh this week will have a brand new member of the Disney Tobacchiana collection, courtesy of Lee Von Eric. Lee donated his uh Walt Disney World pipe to the collection with one uh <laughs> with with two two caveats. One, I have to smoke it at least once a year, and two, if I decide to get rid of it for any reason he gets it back. Uh that'll go up on there. It's the Disney Tabacchiana Collection on Facebook. It's uh, Disney-related pipes, uh, cigar stuff, cigarette stuff, ashtrays, paperwork, all kinds of stuff. Not, you know, just fun stuff to look at while you're on Facebook. While you're there, follow the uh, Pipes Magazine radio show on Facebook. Give us a like and, uh, or whatever else you do there and uh, follow that iTunes ratings or reviews are always appreciated. Same thing with uh, Stitcher. And uh, you know, as the holidays come around and you need to get away for an hour or two, and you're caught up on episodes, go back and listen to some old uh, old episodes of the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. Every one of them, even the really bad early ones, is available right now for you on iTunes. And as the uh, or on PipesMagazine.com, you can go directly on there and you can read the comments down below, uh, see pictures. So if you're listening to this as a uh, podcast only, you'll uh, need to go back to uh, PipesMagazine.com, click on Radio Show, and you'll see a ton of uh, pictures. From usually there's a picture or two for each show. All right, um, in just a minute, unrant. Thanksgiving or the idea of Thanksgiving began as a uh, fall festival or a fall or a harvest feast uh, a harvest festival to thank the uh, to be thankful for the bountiful growth over the over the summer and the harvest in the fall, and uh, hopes and prayers for getting through the winter. Uh, now in the United States, Thanksgiving means the kickoff of uh, yeah three football games, and then uh, on top of that, it's the kickoff of the traditional holiday buying season. Well, there's already uh, the holiday buying season gets a jump start. It seems to start earlier and earlier every year, but. Let's not waste any time on that because we all have our different feelings on that. But what I want you to do on this Thanksgiving weekend, whether you're with friends or family or, uh, simply listening to this podcast, I want everybody, I want us all to be thankful for all of our friends, all of this, this wonderful community of pipe smokers. I, uh, we here at the Pipes Magazine radio show are thankful for all of you listeners, uh, Take a moment out of your day and uh, post something on the Pipes Magazine forums and thank the moderators there, the guys that keep the forums clean and running. Uh, say thank you to the advertisers on the radio show here, because they're the ones that keep this podcast going and keep all those back episodes up. Uh, you know what? And just be thankful that we have a community of wonderful people all in this... Uh, hobby of pipe smoking where we can gather together from all different walks of life all different levels of life all different ages of life and you know what hey just because we smoke a pipe we're automatically friends uh last sunday i met with uh the charlotte area group that's gathering bunch of great guys and uh, you know i can't wait to see them again so once again i'm thankful for all of you out there that make this such a great hobby to be a part of uh thankful for all of you that uh, tune in and listen uh even more thankful for those that uh, leave uh, comments and uh, ratings and reviews just kidding Uh, but anyway do take some time to be thankful for uh, the family and friends around you the loved ones around you for everything that we have and for the fact that we get to enjoy this uh, these little pipes with all this wonderful tobacco in there. All right, uh, remember brand new episodes of the Pipes Magazine Radio Show, eight p.m. Eastern Time every Tuesday. We'll keep them going all the way through the holidays, and uh, hope you it, uh, hope it's a little respite from the uh, hecticness of the holidays for you. So. Uh thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to Brandon for joining me and until next time.
4: Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think
1: about sunny
4: weather.
1: Happy Bomba
4: to Bomba
5: till Boom Bum Bum me Bum me
4: Bum me Bum me. thanks. Ugh.